Among the speakers at the recent CoinGeek conference in Zurich were two from IBM. That's good news for Bitcoin SV, as products and services are being developed on it for enterprises, large and small. So how does IBM rate the potential of Bitcoin SV? That's what I'm hoping to find out from my guest this week. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Welcome to this CoinGeek Conversations, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Tatiana Meyer from IBM in Switzerland. Tatiana, thank you very much for doing this. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Can I ask you, first of all, about your job? Uh, you are blockchain practice leader for IBM services. Now, what, what does that mean in, in Switzerland? Yeah, so what does that mean? So, you know, IBM is quite a big company, and we have different divisions. And one division is uh, in the services, so consulting. Um, business and it's not about IT consultancy but it's well like a strategy in different areas and I'm helping clients to uh, with a digitization journey and uh, blockchain obviously is a, a part of it. So you inform yourself about what is available to that that might be useful to them and then somebody comes along and says how what would you suggest we do is it something like that? Well, I would always listen to the client first because quite often I think this is what quite often we are not as good as. Uh, so we tend to already think we know the solution instead of listening to uh, people what they really need. So what's their problem? Right. And um, that's the first thing. And then uh, we can look together with the client what is needed to solve that problem. And it might be blockchain. But it doesn't have to be blockchain. It really depends on the problem and, uh, you know, what they want to solve. And are they good at knowing what their problem is? Or are they a bit sort of, oh, I think we should have a bit of uh, blockchain and digital stuff? That I mean, you know, um, quite often you find it, right? It's like, oh, it, it, it really depends with whom you talk. That's the first thing. When you talk to the IT department, quite often it's a new technology. It's something exciting. It's something sexy. So they want to try it out. It's like, oh, let's do something with blockchain, right? Um, you, you don't welcome that approach then, really? I think I would be a bad consultant if I would try to sell something just for the sake of you know, being able to say, well, you know, I sold blockchain. I, I don't believe in it. I think it's really, and it's not, it's, it won't be good for the relationship with the client as well because you know, if it doesn't fit and you're not doing them a favor either, Right. So it's really about working together to find the best solution. And so what is it possible to say what kinds of problems you feel will point in the direction of a blockchain solution? Um, yeah, I mean, we always say like, you know, when you have uh, like a um, I'm quite often in the supply chain area, you know, and you see uh, the the information flow that quite often um, you only have information of one tier back, but you don't have the visibility along the supply chain. Right. Some, Lots of different people passing goods from one to the next. Correct. Yeah. So basically, you don't know where the product comes from, right? We had this this morning and the discussion in Germany, for example, there's this new law coming out which is called in Germany Lieferkettengesetz. It's a supply chain law. And it's all about, um, you know, enforcing or like ensuring that company knows 
uh, where their, um, their resources come from. And um, this is something uh, that companies quite often don't know. And so it's kind of reinforcing and ensuring that uh, companies, uh, yeah, they do, they do their due diligence. So they really have to give an account of all the components and the history of a product. Exactly. That's, Sounds like uh, a lot of work. And it's not easy and you, you don't know, right? And if you don't know, I mean, then uh, there might be a big scandal coming up eventually because, even, you know, like you hear that all the time about child labor, that big company gets accused again that one of their suppliers uh, did it uh, something unethical. Hmm. And this falls then back to, to the big company, to the big name. I mean, how far does that go? Because, I mean, if I buy a packet of cornflakes, for instance, do... Uh, the company that's making the cornflakes have to say where the red ink made, was made and what its components are. How, how much detail would you have to go into? I think, well, it depends. Ideally, you should know uh, when you have a pizza where the, the components of this pizza come from, right? But the packaging as well, in theory. Because it's all about sustainability. What's yeah. your CO2 footprint? I mean, it's, it's, it's huge. It's quite... Uh, yeah. And so, to what extent then is our blockchain solutions going to be really great for dealing with that kind of problem, do you think? It gives you the transparency, the transparency you don't have at the moment. And not only the transparency, but um, it's for me, blockchain is the, the base that you need to, to get this end-to-end uh, um, transparency, traceability. That's the first thing. But then, obviously, you have a lot of other things you can do um, on top of it, right? It's just a start. And you need, obviously, other things like analytics to analyze the data, harvest the data, do something with the data. Uh, you have um, Internet of Things, IoT devices to mm. ensure that um, you connect the digital world with the physical world. Now, IBM has its own blockchain. We don't have our own. Well, we, have, we use Hyperledger. We work with Hyperledger, yeah. Right, that's... But, but, it's but there's a special source? relationship between Hyperledger and IBM, I think. Is that right? Well, IBM uh, donated uh, it's the Linux Foundation. It's not IBM. Linux Foundation has IBM is a member of Linux Foundation, like a lot of other companies. Like I don't know how what they are at the moment. Uh, Five hundred. I could right. say that wrong. I don't know, yeah. but a huge amount. So it's not that IBM owns Hyperledger. No, it's open source. I see. Okay, but. Um, so when a client, for instance, comes along talking to you about supply chain, what is your, how would you approach that problem? Would you, uh, would you just look at the various options, including Hyperledger and others, or how would you, what would your first move be? Analyze the problem. What do they need? What problem do they want to solve? Well, you've just you've sort of defined the problem in the example that you just gave of this new law of uh, providing uh, all the information about the sources. So, supposing that was what we're talking about, what would the next step be? So we do quite often. We start with a like we call a design thinking workshop, where we really see what you need, what needs to be done, how does it look like, and then we identify. So, what can we do to solve this problem and what steps do we need to do? And Hyperledger, I mean, um, I'm part of IBM services. So uh, we're in the consulting area. Uh, we work with Hyperledger, but we're not, we're agnostic as well. So we can as well work with other 
um, with other blockchain solutions. It really depends what you need. So we're here at the CoinGeek conference in Zurich, day one, in fact, mm -hmm. today. Um, although people will be watching this a bit later. How did you come to be here and, and what's the relationship between your work and, and Bitcoin SV, which obviously is what this conference is all about? Mm. I think it's just, um, how can I say that? So I believe in the future, it's going to be not, it's not the private blockchain or uh, open blockchain. I think it's always going to be combination, in my opinion. And um, you know, some areas um, that might be private and uh, and others, uh, you know, in terms of scalability and the network effect, it might be an open blockchain. That's, right. It really depends on the problem. And that's why I'm interested as well to, to look into that. I think you need to be open, right? You need to not have this tunnel so version. When you talk about an open blockchain, that would be something like Bitcoin SV right. because there's no owner or organizer behind it it's a it's a network that people are free to come and join and leave exactly. as they want as opposed to a, a network that is under the organization of a business or something like that and so yeah what, what are the well what are the disadvantages of that open approach would you say are there are the disadvantages as well as advantages I call it perceived disadvantages, perceived. For me, one thing which, um, when I talk to, to companies, to enterprises, uh, one question that I always get is like, well, I don't know with this blockchain. Um, blockchain is, uh, you know, the, the electricity consumption. It's really bad for sustainability. So people don't distinguish then between private and permissioned and open blockchain. That's the first thing. But it's very much a concern when it comes to sustainability. Yes. And I'm not saying that this is fact. I'm just saying that um, there's still a lot of education needed. It is still a fairly new um, technology. Yeah, it's still in the baby shoes. And people need to do a better job of educating people as well. So it's interesting that you, you mentioned the, the question of uh, the environment and mm. sustainability mm. rather than well, what about all this ransomware payments and uh, those other issues of, you know, oh, it's all to do with trading drugs anonymously and stuff. The environmental concern is definitely sort of the number one problem in people's minds, would you say, these days? Well, um, it, it's big hmm. and you can see that and I think it got reinforced and accelerated by COVID. Yes. Definitely. Um, because people, and I see that as well with other blockchain, you know, um, I had one of the, one of my projects was around coffee, the traceability of coffee. And then as well, um, connecting the end consumer with the farmer, uh, you know, with donations. So really inclusion of the farmer into the, um, the chain and giving gift back. Um, so sustainability very much, uh, an important part. And do you, are you saying yeah. that COVID has just made people more conscious of the resources that their lives use and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we still see people that, you know, they say they want to have bio products, but sometimes they are not willing to pay. But I think more and more they appreciate it, hmm. um, what's, what needs to be done. Well, there's going to be a panel about uh, this particular yeah. question 
later on in the conference. You've probably seen it yes. coming up. Yes. And I, I'm sure that the argument is going to be made in terms of sustainability that Bitcoin SV is different and that that is partly to do with the uh, amount of information that will be on the, the blockchain and also perhaps crucially and easier to understand the fact that it exists to do useful work mm -hmm. rather than just to uh, make rich people richer or poorer eventually mm -hmm. depending on whether the price goes up or down will you be sort of uh, interested to hear those arguments and, and that'll be a useful potentially part of your discussions with with some of these businesses maybe of course definitely and then, look i had um, i was part of a meetup around the subject exactly and i said there's a feedback afterwards look to be honest for me the, the argumentation the, the arguments uh, the rationale behind didn't i didn't get it might be that well in relation to what bitcoin it didn't SV, me. in relation to what bitcoin sv or bitcoin in general or in what? general it was more like a general road and you know like the arguments uh, why this is not true why it doesn't stand i said that might be the case and you know i, I learned a lot about it but um, the thing is that you need to translate it so that everyone understands it. A person that's more in the business and not in IT. And quite often, what, still how we explain it, it's not, it needs to be easy, it needs to be simple. But I mean, actually, as far as you're concerned, there may really be a genuine problem here and that these people who are worried about it may be right to be worried. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it's like... Well, as you say, more information needed, open to hear what people have yeah. to say about it, at least. So where do you think in the work that you do that is the best prospect for, if we, if we were to come back in a year's time or two years' time, and you were persuaded to come and speak again about your fantastic project that has had a huge impact, that is using Bitcoin SV in a big way across the world or whatever, what, do you have an idea what kind of area you think that, that might be? What is, what is the easiest possible success story that might emerge, do you think? Well, easiest? I don't think, um, I think it was still in the early days and nothing is that easy yet, I find. I see a lot of potential in, um, the pharma industry have, have life science uh, yes. in the public sector, um, in the textile industry. Uh, in relation to supply chain accountability and those and issues into, we're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and simply, to be honest, it's something I'm hugely interested in combination with sustainability. That's uh, kind of my, my baby, mm. where I f feel like that you can really make a difference. And there's a lot of talk about tokenization mm. here and non-fungible tokens and stuff. Do you see that coming into your work at all? Uh, I don't know if we saw the uh, gentleman this morning with his construction company who is giving his own tokens in return for people making uh, sort of advanced payments on jobs and then he will give a discount in return and that's all on the Bitcoin SV blockchain. Are you interested in tokens? Personally, um, not yet that much, to be quite frank with you. 
but I know my colleagues, they're like super interested. It's just for me, like, I don't know. I have at the moment other subjects that I'm more interested. You're the blockchain practice leader. How deep do your sort of potential doubts go about the whole sector? Do you think that this whole blockchain thing is absolutely sure to be around and part of our business life and our and our personal lives in the years to come? Or is that still open to question? No, I think that's no doubt that it will stay. Are we yet there where we need to be? No. But it's early days still. That's why I say baby shoes. Um, a lot of the, the argumentations I get from people is like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's still early days. Um, but uh, it's not going to go away. And I think um, the benefits will uh, be a lot, you know, like it's going to be so beneficial for all of us. And it's needed. And it's something where we can do a lot of good and uh, improve our processes and, you know, all the things as well internally for companies. It's huge benefits. For businesses that are in consultancy, mm. um, I, I hope I don't sound too cynical about this, but your bread and butter, as it were, is understanding a very complex ecosystem of solutions that uh, a customer may not be able to get their head around because there's just too much of it. You're the experts on it. If Bitcoin SV does as well as people here hope that it will, it'll be the answer to everything. And <laughs> that's not so good for, for consultants because um, that, that, ele that element of complexity and uncertainty will be less, perhaps. I'm just putting an argument. What do you think? Yeah. First of all, I don't think that uh, blockchain is the solution to everything. That's my first thing, clearly. And as I said, right, uh, even if clients say, you look, I think this is a blockchain case. I said, no, I mean, this is not a good case. And I think you're better off in this case with a central database. You, you don't need it. That's the first thing. And secondly, I, I think um, companies only always will need support in one area. And blockchain is just one component of the whole digitization journey. There's a lot more to it. Uh, we call it sometimes like the intelligent workflow, right? Where you have, when you look at the end-to-end -end process, it can be other areas, procure to pay or whatever it is, right? And then you have different components and blockchain might be one or it might be IoT or analytics or maybe uh, uh, artificial intelligence, outsourcing, really what's needed. So I don't think um, this is going to be obsolete. Is this the first CoinGeek conference you've been to? Correct. And what, what, what have your impressions been? Interesting, super interesting, um, inspiring, a lot of innovation. And uh, I mean, this is the exciting um, thing anyway, right? In that space, every day you learn you know, new things, you learn new um, have technologies coming up. That's, that's great. I mean, you know, when I talked about... Uh, before about uh, blockchain as being the basis, like for the transparency, but then you have IoT. I didn't know before, and I, I do admit that there's stuff around like where you can trace DNA from uh, your meat, that you know where the meat really comes from, or that you have uh, like, um, like a DNA spray where you can make sure that the cobalt has been sustainably resourced, where you can identify the cobalt and stuff like that. I think it's, there's so much out. And um, 
And so it's always like quite inspiring to go to these conferences and to learn uh, new things and uh, to see like the entrepreneurship of people as well. Like, yeah. If your colleagues say to you, well, what, you know, what's, what are these BSV entrepreneurs like? You know, what's their sort of caliber and, you know, how do you rate them? What would you say? What would I say? I mean, um, um, some crazy people, crazy ideas, where you would think like, okay, weird, but then five years later, it's like, oh, actually, hmm. you know, sometimes um, I think it's good to see that there's more uh, to step over it and, you know, widen your horizon. And quite often you're so in your little hamster wheel. And then you realize, wow, actually, that's cool. That's great stuff. And something, you know, some things work. Others might not work. But uh, if you don't try and if you don't show this entrepreneurship and try new things, then you're not going to to succeed. So it's it's great. It's inspiring. Well, thank you very much, Tatjana. And I hope you will come back in five years' time and see some of these crazy ideas <laughs> in reality. action. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time. You. It's been great talking to thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed to Tatjana Meyer from IBM. Next week, I'll be meeting another guest from Switzerland, Dr. Jörg Konzert, founder of the Money Museum. So if you wonder what you'd put in a Money Museum, join me next week and we'll find out. Please like or subscribe to CoinGeek Conversations if you would. Thanks very much for listening. And from me, Charles Miller, goodbye till next week.